Hey guys, welcome back. This is CourtsAheeCourtsAheeDotcom, and today we are back with another podcast episode coming to you live from SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and even Google Podcast or wherever else you get your podcast from. We are there and we are always coming in full uh, direction, just full action, just on everything. And if you guys did not see last night, which was pretty hard to see, as I think everybody did, whether you're a normal sports fan or you're an NBA enthusiast or if you're just one of those casual sports fans that's dabbling in the NBA from time to time again, whoever you are, it does not matter because the last night, Tuesday, July 20th, the NBA Finals ended and he had crowned the Milwaukee Bucks, your 2021 NBA Finals champion, in which we saw Giannis, and I'm not going to pronounce his last name, but Giannis walked away with an anonymous 11-0 vote on his NBA Finals MVP. What an emotional night. But before we get to that, I'm going to address social media, but then I'm just going to talk about the NBA Finals reviewing the Phoenix Suns, reviewing the Bucks, especially in the postseason. Um, but for before I get to social media, I, I just want to say one thing: it was, it was a bummer last night seeing my team made it all the way to the NBA Finals. Lost it in six after being up two nothing after home court advantage exceeded for us. It was tough seeing that, but it was also amazing to see Giannis explode after eight years of just having playoff struggles with a Bucks team that's seen highs and have seen huge lows. So it was also spectacular on that end. But the one thing I will say is that it was amazing to see. Giannis, Middleton, and even Holiday get their ring as this is completing, I mean completing, Giannis's legendary bike portfolio uh, accomplishments, accolades, whatever you want to call them, of just what he's done before the age of 26. So let me, let me actually look at how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he's 26 years old. And yes, he's 26 years old, born December 6, 1994. But we're going to talk about all of that and so much more. But I'm not going to talk about breaking news because on Friday's podcast, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday's podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about the NBA draft because July 29th, we're coming up on that. We're going to talk about breaking news and we're just going to be talking about different topics because now with Wednesday today here, we are about less than, we are about three months away from the regular season, from a regular season game tip off. So we got exciting off season. We got a busy off season from potential trades to free agency to the draft to pretty much anything and everything that could happen, right? But remember, you can always find us on social media. We were talking about everything. I mean, everything about the NBA Finals. Every single Phoenix Sun series or any games that we watched during the postseason, we more likely covered them in our podcast, of course. But definitely on social media. And Twitter, Twitter is amazing. We can have our doubts about Twitter, about it being a good platform or not, and just different political aspects. But for us, Twitter's easier for us to manage on social on the social media end. Meaning, within two hundred fifty characters or whatever their limit is, that it doesn't bother us. But it helps us. We don't need to attach a photo to something. We can just talk about it, put a few a few hashtags to it. But just talk about whatever we want, talk about the NBA, and just tweet it out, and we're able to start conversations, we're able to talk live-by-live play updates from NBA games, 
just breaking news, getting it out a lot quicker. That's why I highly suggest you going to twitter.com slash courtsahe, whether you're on the mobile or desktop version, does not matter. You can also search as Heat on Twitter. Um, I believe you could do one word or three separate words. You'll still be able to find us, so do not worry about do not worry about if you do either way. Just remember to spell Heat correctly, and I believe you'll be good. But yeah, just go to twitter.com slash You'll be able to get all the breaking news, all of the daily um just check-ins with the NBA, talking about different signings, different hirings, different firings, anything that categorizes breaking news, especially as we're po- approaching the NBA draft, because July 29th, we're going to be covering the NBA draft, talking about each draft pick on the podcast, of course, but also covering pick-by-pick live updates from the website, courtsheat.com, and of course, social media. That will brings us to Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat. We're going to try to talk about everything, whether it's breaking news, it's fun facts, statistics, different things like that, cool polls, different things like that. We're able to talk about that on Instagram.com slash Courtside and even um, Facebook.com slash Courtside Right, so those two platforms, which have been merged together, right, bought by one owner, bar, um, I believe it was bought by uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, owner, founder of Facebook, right? And we're pretty heavy on that content side, too, where we're just posting about everything, especially about the fitting signs, especially about the NBA Finals postseason, but... If you guys are not on the Twitter thing, if you're not into the Instagram or Facebook thing, we have those free options for everyone, but we're not limited to those. We have more. Tumblr.com. If you guys still use Tumblr or you're getting into Tumblr, I highly suggest you following us on Tumblr, keeping our reach going, keeping our following count going high. Because we want to start conversations and we want to give you guys the best possible news ever. More faster, more accurate than anyone else out there in the NBA world or even the sports world in general that can be broken down. With all of that being said, you may not be able to remember all of that and who can. I can't remember it half the time. I can't remember all my social media handles. It's pretty impressive that I'm able to remember like majority of them, if not all of them, post to them and schedule them out just to be able to post and just to interact, right? So here's the thing I recommend. I believe that will make your life a thousand times easier to find us and to see what we're all about. Of course, we have courtsheat.com. That is the mothership. That is... The mainstream flow of news, engagement, the long form, short form, everything in between form, articles, polls, different things like that. But you can also search us one word, Corsa Heat, one word, Corsa Heat in Google, and you'll actually be able to see the website, see CourtsHeat.store to take you to our Macari store. Or courtsyheat.com slash shop. We were able to see our main store from the website itself. And then you're able to see our podcast, of course, like from SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, different places like that, our YouTube channel, our different streaming platforms, and just all of the different uh, platforms for social media. That's where you're able to see it all. That's where you're able to find it all. And that, to me, is the easiest way to be able to find us quicker. But also remember, just go to twitter.com slash courtsaheat, instagram.com slash courtsaheat, NBA, facebook.com slash courtsaheat, tumblr.com slash courtsaheat, even parlor.com slash courtsaheat, or posting on there again. 
I I guess they're done being weird. I guess they're done with all their updates. They made it, I guess, a little more accessible, a little more easier. I I don't know. They well, it's funny they messed up all my view counts and whatnot. So if you guys are part uh par, it's been a crazy ride when they had their app shut down, servers shut down, different things like that. And then when they tried reopening, it's not the same, but still get on the parlor, join the conversation. And yeah, we're going to take it from there. We're everywhere on social media. Do not forget about any of the places your favorite social media uh, platforms be on because more than likely we'll be on there posting daily, posting every two hours. And it is amazing. And the content and the level of interaction is truly amazing. It's something you should not miss out on. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. This is not going to be a long podcast episode. Like last, like um, yesterday's podcast episode, which I think like went for an hour 30. I know it went for more than an hour 20. But I'm not here looking for time i'm looking to max out all my thoughts all my processes of just trying to process the nba finals process what the phoenix Suns are going to be doing what the bucks have accomplished look i am a phoenix suns fan i've ride i've ride and died by the phoenix suns I have seen worlds collide within the franchise itself with names like Isaiah Cannon as our point guard to Ricky Rubio to Chris Paul. Then you had a young uh, Devin Booker from 2015 and now that six-year journey. And then you had different guys. You had Trevor Reese on our team, Tyson Chandler, P.J. Tucker, the, uh, the Morris brothers. Just different players at different times and really bad records. We had our fan attendance at one point in Devin Booker's six-year span be at 27 out of 30. So our fan attendance was within the top three worst in NBA history. The worst that we ever had in Phoenix Suns history, which is truly incredible and truly heartbreaking if you break it down. Like, at some point, you can just get Phoenix Suns tickets for dirt cheap, really cheap, because the Phoenix Suns were not going to be getting over 20 wins or just breaking at a 21-win mark, or even they'll be lucky if they're able to get past that 25-win mark. But you know what? We turned it around in the 2019-2020 season, then the 2020-21 season, these back-to-back seasons, of course, exploding in the NBA bubble. But here's the thing. I'll be the first to tell you, I was wrong about the Milwaukee Bucks. Look, they deserve all the props. They deserve all the congratulations they can get. Why? Because they've worked very hard, very, very hard for where they're at, especially Giannis Antetokounmpo. If I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, if I'm not, I do apologize. There's no intent of me trying to pronounce it wrong. I just cannot pronounce his last name, but I'm going to stick with Giannis. But Giannis, he has had an amazing, tremendous turnaround from being a from being a 15th overall pick of the first round in 2013 to now... Eight years later, winning his first championship at the age of 26. From going from Athens, Greece to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Being in his hotel room. Trying to wait for his family to come over. Trying to figure out this new lifestyle in a brand new country. Trying to make his way through the NBA. Just through living in general. For what he had grow up for his childhood to the NBA, going from your hometown to a whole new country, 
saying, you know what, this is a journey I want to go on. He was not this buff. He was not this ripped, not this athletic eight years ago. And in all intents and purposes, he was a scrawny player coming out in the 20, uh, 2013 NBA draft, where it was like the team, the Milwaukee Bucks, fell right on him. But in their defense, or any team's defense, with the four, first 14 picks prior to him being drafted, no one really knew what was going to happen, right? It was a toss-up of him because he had no definition, not even any muscle. It was like they didn't know what his skill set was going to be. He had promise, right? And for the Milwaukee Bucks, each year, little by little, this eight-year stretch, they've seen the highs and they've seen the lows. They've gone from different head coaches like Jason Kidd to Mike Boonholzer. We've seen different players come in. Chris Middleton and Giannis have had a tremendous relationship, a bond of friendship on and off the court, seems like. But on the court, they are in sync. They know each other personal. They were both relatively new to the organization. Chris Middleton was a trade, was just like one of those throwaway players from the Pistons to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Do we remember that? Um, in twenty thirteen, that that was that's pretty insane. So from twenty thirteen on. When when you had a rookie Giannis in a two year, uh NBA uh two year experience NBA player going side by side, and there was promise for Chris Middleton, but he had to develop like Giannis, and those two have just been through the highs and been through the lows, um past two years. Even this past year, even when Giannis signed his Supermax contract, Giannis said he was not going to leave the Milwaukee Bucks until we got the job finished, until we brought him a ring. That's why he signed the contract. Sometimes it's beyond money. Majority of times beyond money for an NBA player. It's truly incredible when you break it down. Middleton had to develop, had to work it. So did Giannis. Giannis turned into the Greek freak. He has all the money in the world. He has all the fame now. He has everything. It's because he worked for it. It's a huge accomplishment. He's a back-to-back, multi-time MVP. He's a finals MVP. He's an NBA champion by the age of 26, which not too many players can say when they were down 2 nothing. In the NBA Finals. Just think about that. And then think about Chris Milton's perspective. You were a throwaway player to the Detroit Pistons. When you were drafted. And they just traded you to Milwaukee for the fun of it. In, in the 2012 draft, you were a second round player. When the uh, Pistons selected you with the 39th pick. That is tough, but again, a second round player that turned into a great, this clutch gene within him that has transformed him into this athletic shooter and great offensive player. Middleton, this postseason, especially in the NBA Finals against the Phoenix Suns, balled out and made sure he was able to close out games. Whether he was scoring 20 points or 40 points, it didn't matter. It always seemed like in the clutch, he was there for the Bucks. Same was Giannis. Same with Holiday. Holiday's also someone interesting. You remember when the Bucks traded for Drew Holiday coming off the New Orleans Pelicans? That's that that was interesting. And in the 2009 draft, he was drafted in the first round of the 17th overall pick. And he and he originally went to what was oh what was it? It was 
if you think about it, he was he was with Philly at the age of nineteen. Then he went to the Pelicans from age of twenty three to twenty nine, where he was able to have great numbers at seventeen points per game. But in his first season with Milwaukee, he averaged seventeen points, six assists, and five um yeah four rebounds. That's amazing. And what this postseason has shown, what this first season, you can call this a big free. But let me just tell you this. If any of these free men were on a different team, they would have gotten more buzz. They would have had more success from the media's view, from the media's eye, right? But they were a small market team. But... Just because you're a small market team and the Milwaukee Bucks proved this doesn't mean that you can never win a championship. The likes of Milton, Giannis, and Holiday have proven that because Holiday was considered a huge trade acquisition for the Milwaukee Bucks because now everyone's talking about can they win a championship? Can they end this drought of 50 years? Can they end... This playoff um, fatigue where they can't make any of the playoffs, where they can't advance past the conference finals or conference semifinals, right? It's interesting when you break it all down. And when it got holiday, it was like, it's going to be holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. All play on the same court, same team. And you have an amazing defender, amazing shooter who's able to run the court up and down. That's Drew Holiday. And then you have this athletic, um, gifted, talented man that has worked from day one in Giannis who, who is just unstoppable when he gets into his zone, into his mindset, when he has a new mentality. It was truly incredible. He's a high-flying, dunking, Rim protecting, great IQ, basketball IQ player. It is truly amazing of where he began and now. It, it truly is because Giannis went from having a limited uh, skill set to now being this versatile big man, this no longer being barred by limits big man. That's now playing like a seven foot freak of nature, um, where he's he can shoot the free point ball, he can shoot the free pointer, he can shoot mid range shots, he can dunk it, he can do windmills, he can do all of these crazy athletic stuff, he can showcase everything. He's even gone some great passes, rebounding is his the paint. Perimeter anywhere else is his. It's truly incredible. Defensively, in this series, especially in Game 6, we're going to get to Game 6, he he showed out defensively. His grind, attitude, and hustle was amazing. It was nothing but respect from both teams. And it truly shown during this postseason, during the eight years. So nothing but respect for this Milwaukee's Bu- Milwaukee Bucks team, truly amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's just when you break it down, the Milwaukee Bucks deserved this championship fifty long years, right? Fifty long, long years. But also, don't forget about the Phoenix Suns. Again, a team. That also need their championship, but their first ever franchise championship. It came down to this. It came down to game five. Couldn't get that, but then it was elimination do or die for the Phoenix Suns, where they were this horrendous, atrocious, terrible, whatever adjective, whoever you want to describe them as, you could because post Steve Nash, post Amar Stoudemire. They were just bad. And the years of the beginning years of Devin Booker showed promise for Booker, but for no one else. But then they started to give a little more life into them. 
The first three years of Booker were up and down. They had some success and many failures, right? Then you draft DeAndre in the 2018 draft. You had controversy around that. Like, you should got a Luka. You should got a Trey. You sh- should draft in Marvin Bagley, uh, which would have been a horrible decision, right? But going to the context of the 2018 NBA draft, that's what we had present. That's why I brought guys like those three compared to the center, DeAndre Ayn. But then they started to have life, so it's like, okay, wait a minute. We now have DeAndre Ayn. We now have Devin Booker. We're starting to take form. Cam Johnson's starting to come in. Mikel Bridges is coming in. Uh, Kelly Oubre was on our team. All these different guys are coming in and out. It was truly amazing, but then what really sparked them to put this in a short summary was the 2019-2020 season with the ups and downs of what this country had to face with a global dominating pandemic, if you will, that took the sports world, um, it just took the sports world by storm, just said that's that where Adam Silver had said, look, Rudy Gobert just tested positive for COVID-19. The NBA said we cannot let the um, OKC Thunder and Utah Jazz game, those, team collide, those two teams colliding, continue. We cannot let this game go. This game cannot begin. Everybody needs to evacuate. Thunder against Jazz has to be postponed. The league's going down. A day further, the day that no one wanted to hear when lockdowns were coming, when COVID was rising right in the beginning. No sports fan wanted to hear that because that's when the NBA season was postponing. Then fast forward a few months or so, and we saw the NBA bubble rise. And everybody wasn't too sure about that. Everybody's like, look, is it going to be safe with COVID? Guys had to get rapid COVID tests. They had these huge, extensive uh, procedures, health and safety protocols. If somebody got COVID or in contact with someone, you could not leave your hotel room in Orlando, Florida, in the Walt Disney um, Hotel Resorts, right? You had to play on three separate courts against different teams and whatnot for the duration of eight of the uh, eight-game regular season, continuing an NBA bubble, and then going into the postseason. So for two teams to go down to the NBA Finals, which was the Lakers and the Miami Heat, that was three months. But for other teams, that could span to one month, two months, however long they're in the NBA bubble. So it got to really extreme protocols. Now, as we were returning back to normal, as people like to put it, now, because it, it, COVID's pretty much dying down, we don't need any more mask mandates. We don't need any more restrictions or lockdowns. That is silliness, right? It's being backed by data. It's being backed by science, right? If people want to trust the science, that's what, they're, what, that's what it's saying. So as we're seeing that more and more, fans are allowed back into attendance, back into arenas to attend sports games, to attend restaurants, to see sports games and different things like that. But what I will say is that was the rise of the Phoenix Suns. That's the only thing that made the NBA bubble. It was not LeBron. It was certainly not um, Giannis at the time, in the time of the NBA bubble, speaking just on the NBA bubble. Luka Doncic, not Kawhi, not Paul George, not anyone. It was Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. And that team had De- uh, Booker, Rubio, Ayan, Johnson, um, Oubre, and one other guy for guy. But you guys get where I'm coming from. And Bridges, right? It was, it, it was like complete astonishing. It was complete chaos where the Phoenix Suns had the last invite and they shown to be the only undefeated team. But the only thing that stopped them from being in the postseason 
was against the was a was the Nets final game where they could not win. Cause if the Nets beat their opponents and then Suns ran, but if they lost, which they did, Suns will not make the postseason. And it was crazy to think about. But yeah, then you get into 2020-21 offseason, regular season. You get Chris Paul. You uh, trade away Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio, right? Ricky Rubio gets waived by um, the Thunder to go back to Minnesota where he started his career off, right? Different paths like that. Then Kelly Oubre um, went to the Warriors after some time. But then shortly afterwards... You had Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Devin Booker, Frank the Tank, Darius Sargent, DeAndre Ayn, Cam Johnson, Cam Payne, all of these different guys, and so much more talent, right? Coming in, trying to make a name for himself, trying to restore some balance, especially with his second year head coach and Molly Williams with this franchise, right? That was officially, this season was Mondi's second season with the Phoenix Suns. So you're trying to go forever saying, prove that the bubble was just not your safe space of being critiqued. But then it carried in, momentum carried into next season, this season, where it's like, they're winning games. We're in first seed, okay, we end in the second seed. Then the postseason came along. And for the Bucks, I'm just going to switch gears real quick. The Bucks had an interesting time. They were always great in the regular season. They just could not get over the hump of the postseason. And that's where my critiques came in from. And I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong. Whether I hate Mike Boonholzer or not, or how much I think he's worthless as a head coach, in my opinion now, it cannot be valid because it cannot be valid until next season due to the fact that they just won a championship and everything that I might have criticized and put a negative connotation on their star players, great players, good players, mediocre players, decent players, bad players, etc., etc., that all went away. Especially when I critiqued them against the Nets. Especially when I critiqued them against the Hawks. Um, until the Trey Young injury. It was all... That, yeah, that's just all bad on my part. It's just truly amazing. Two teams. This NBA Finals. When you look at their entire history. Individuals or as a team. They've transformed massively. And I believe... The Bucks are on the greater things, and so are the Suns. The Suns are still trying to find their identity, but I believe the Bucks have found it. And Giannis said last night that at the age of 26, if this is the last time I'm going to sit here at this table with a championship, I'm all right with that. Because basically what he's saying is, what he's implying is, is that he's done it. He's been there, done that. He's just never imagined winning a championship at that young age, at that young age of 26 and saying, I just did something most guys dream to do. Chris Paul has was been waiting 16 long years for a championship, of which he's never gone before. And he's 36. He had his first NBA Finals appearance at the age of 36. Giannis is 10 years younger than Paul, and he's won a championship in his first NBA Finals appearance. That's truly amazing. He's undefeated in, in, in the NBA Finals. That is something to be very proud of, but I've taken, the, I've taken you guys in different directions just to outline where the Phoenix Suns have gone and where the Milwaukee Bucks have gone. Sure, I've hated on the Milwaukee Bucks, but... Let me shine no negative perspective on them. They fought. They fought hard, long and hard, and so did the Suns. They just proved to be the better team this NBA Finals. They truly did, and no matter what I said, it does not matter. The only thing that's going to show up on the history board is not what I said, no one's going to go back to two weeks ago or a week ago 
about what I said about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Suns. No one's going to point to that. No one's going to care about that. Sure, they might remember something of me saying about that. But what significance does that have? That is zero value. But the value comes when the record books show, when history books show this about the NBA, that the Milwaukee Bucks are the third team in NBA history to come back from being down 2-0 in the NBA Finals Series and they beat the Phoenix Suns in the 2021 NBA Finals. And Giannis is your 2020, the 2021 NBA Finals MVP. That's a huge deal. So whether you were for the Milwaukee Bucks or against them, it doesn't matter because they've worked their butts off. They've worked their lives to get to this point. And it truly is, it truly is amazing. I'm going to look up the age of Drew Holiday. Because I think he's only 28, 29. Oh, wow, he's 31. So Drew Holiday's in his prime. That's what, he's such a great defender. He came out of key moments, especially in Game 5. He's came out with cut shots, but key defensive moments. Chris Middleton, how old is he? He's 29. Then, of course, Giannis is 26. So you get, so we see that these guys are separating age, but they have one goal, and these guys are all in their primes. And Giannis is just getting just in his eighth year. He's only 26. And are we sure about that? Oh man. Oh why can't I, why can't I type? Yeah. He's 26. So just imagine that coming in as 18 years old and now being able to close out game six shooting huge numbers from the free throw line, over 90% of your free throws converting when you're not a good free throw shooter. But you scored 50 points in game six. That is huge. So whether you like the Milwaukee Bucks or not, we must give credit where credit is due because this team rocked the NBA world. They rocked their market value. They rocked the entire fan base. They rocked everyone. They shocked everyone. Everybody thought they were going to collapse before the Nets had injuries, then they were two and zero twice in this postseason. One to the Nets before winning in Game Seven, then of course to the Phoenix Suns two and zero. It just truly is incredible. I'm happy for Giannis. It's huge for Milton. It's huge for Holiday. It helps their careers. It adds a huge accolade to their career accomplishments because not many players can say they won a ring, right? We have Patrick Ewing. We have Dominic Wilkins. We have John Stockton, Carl Malone. Um, we have different guys like that. I'm trying to come with another example. We have guys that have never... Allen Iverson, he won a ring. He can never get a ring, Right? Or these present day guys, or these guys are like Chris Paul, who's trying to fight for his first ring, trying to fight just to be in the NBA Finals. It's it's amazing if you think about it. You all you have these different guys. Was did Vince Carter ever win a ring? I don't think so. Trace McGrady didn't uh, win a ring. Oh, uh, I'm looking at Vince Carter. No, Vince Carter doesn't have a ring. Um, it's it's crazy if you think about it. Uh, but yeah. He ne- but Chris Webber never won a ring. If you think about it, that, that's truly amazing. Bernard Kane never won a ring. It truly is incredible. And to add on to that list, we have guys like Pete Maravich. But who had made a reputation for himself when he had been in the league, right? Or even Charles Barkley, where in 1993 was his best shot against Michael Jordan. CC, that's a huge accomplishment. Not many guys can say that. 
Not many Hall of Famers can say that. It truly is amazing. And my last guy I'm going to say is Elgin Baylor. So that truly is amazing when you look at everything. Because I'm going to look at it, but he was a Hall of Famer that just never could do it. He never, Elgin Baylor never won a championship. It's crazy if you think about it. It's crazy if you think about it. But here's the thing I'm trying to get at. It's impressive what these teams can do. It's impressive what these underrated, overrated, or just not getting enough attention or just balanced enough guys are getting. And that may sound weird, but it's true. It really is because Giannis, the numbers he was putting up, along with Chris Middleton, impacted the Bucks tremendously. Without a shadow down my mind, Giannis was the driving force, and then Chris Middleton was the closeout guy. Then he had Drew Holiday as the impactful defender that was getting a lockdown coverage on Booker and Paul. Truly. And then you have guys like Portis, Lopez, uh, Cunningham, and Cunnington, and different guys like that that was cleaning it up and just being in that second or first unit, helping the team out if they had a bad start or whatever, right? And now going into the game six, um, this was a this was a heart pounding. This was a beat racing uh, NBA Finals. It truly was. The Phoenix Suns were up two nothing, but they. But here, let me let me tell you something. And I know the I know the record books are not going to point to this. Like, oh, they had home court advantage. Blah blah blah. But let me tell you this: the Phoenix Suns did what they could, meaning they won home court advantage. That's what a home court team's supposed to do. That's what a home team's supposed to do. That's what the Bucks did. And that's what the Suns did. That's what tied up two two. That's supposed to happen. But now what the Suns failed to do was win game five. That extended the streak to 3-0 after dropping 2-0 against the Phoenix Suns. So the Bucks had all the momentum world going back to Milwaukee for this game six. And Giannis, who's a terrible free, uh, free throw shooter, shot 17 of 19 from the free throw line. And combined for 16 of 25 in 42 minutes for 50 points. Holiday, who did not shoot well, 4 of 19 in 46 minutes, 12 points. Had 11 assists and 9 rebounds, though. One off from a triple-double. Middleton had 17 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds in 41 minutes. That's impactful right there. And I'm just saying, the that game. So the game six, how it went? The Bucks had a 13 point lead. The Suns came back. They gave them their punch. They were going back and forth, but then things were starting to get weird. Things were starting to crack down. Scott Foster and his officiating crew was allowing really, really bad fouls to go against the Phoenix Suns, but against. Both sides, right? But more so for the Phoenix Suns, where Phoenix Suns were not getting any calls, where you could legit trip a guy over or punch him, and they would not care. And the lockdown defense, well, you could credit that sometimes, but they let that play a lot against the Milwaukee Bucks, but not for the Phoenix Suns. You could not contest Giannis and get away from, uh, get away with it. It was not bad by the Phoenix Suns. But in Scott Foster's eyes, this was revenge time. But let me tell you this, and I'm not going to focus on the officiating, but the officiating in this game was really bad, and it's disappointing. It's disappointing. It's a shame. It had to come down to refs trying to beat out Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. I'll talk about that another day. But let me tell you this: officiating does not come down to four games. Meaning, after Phoenix took a two and zero run. 
officiating not determine the next four games. That was all on what the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks had and what they were going to do and what they were going to execute, what they are going to perfect, different things like that, and how they just played on both ends of the court. That was all in the Milwaukee Bucks. They out they out edged the Suns in two of the four games that were played. Game three was a blah, but then the rest were really close games, where the Suns were up at one point in the fourth quarter and by nine, they could have taken a three to one lead after game four, but they didn't. That's where it tied a two piece. Then game five, they had a chance of winning, but they blew first quarter. Of 16 point lead to allow Milwaukee to have a great shooting night. And then in game six, it just went downhill to where Devin Booker did not pull in a great performance, where they tried different rotations, where the Andre was not doing anything, was not bringing physicality. Frank the Tank Kaminsky played more physical, and this is a guy that barely got any minutes in his postseason. Especially in the NBA Finals. DeAndre did not play like himself like he did in the conference finals. Like in the semifinals. Or even the first round, right? That was bad. That's bad. DeAndre failed in that game. And he was not able to that he was not able to score. He tried taking too many fadeaways. And trying not to go up strong with it. Maybe physicality is not a thing. But now what the Phoenix Suns have to worry about is, and this is going to be in the offseason talk within, within the next few podcast episodes, is the future of Chris Paul and if they're going to give or if the players want to sign to their uh, rookie contract extensions like DeAndre and Mikel Bridges. But getting back to game six, Booker did not play well. Paul did not play well. Not as their usual selves. This is a do-or-die game, and Giannis just hustled down, up and down the court. It was truly amazing, and that was all to it, really. You could not blame a fish shade. I don't care if you're a Phoenix Suns fan or a Milwaukee Buck fan. Look, you cannot blame a fish shade for everything, and I'm not going to blame him this time. I think Scott Foster allowed too many non-calls to happen, for the Phoenix Suns more so than the Bucks, but at the end of the day, Giannis scored fifty points. Look, he's the seventh guy in NBA history to do that. Score fifty points in NBA Finals game. He was had the ability in Milwaukee with sixty five thousand people on the outside of the arena and a little over eighty thousand people or and more just everywhere watching the game. In person, where he had to put this on his shoulders and just do it. And that's what he did. And that's exactly what he did. He said, I'm taking this game over. The Bucks scored 105 points. He was five points away from saying he scored. Like, he was only 50, but he had more points than his entire team. Truly, he had 50, he had 50 of the 105 points scored, 105 of them went to 55. 55 points were scored by the entire Bucks team, while 50 of, them, 50 of them was scored by the Giannis, the Greek freak. Now, what I will say is in the beginning of the game, especially in the first quarter and second quarter to some extent, there was a lot of nerves hap- happening. There was a lot of nervousness and tension and stress of trying to have this closer game. But as the game progressed, it really turned to a Bucks dominant fashion. Which, when you're in Milwaukee like that, they were able to do that three times in a row in Milwaukee. Which is truly impressive. But now, looking deeper into game six... It was a special moment. It was a special moment for everyone for that Milwaukee team. Where they've been waiting nearly 50 years. They, since winning their first championship in 1971. All the way down to 2021. Right? What once I will say is, is that it's amazing. The Milwaukee Bucks were celebrating in their locker room. Monty Williams came down 
and congratulated Giannis and the Bucks for winning the uh, 2021 NBA Finals, but for being the ultimate champs. He he said they that they made him be a better head coach. That they, that it was it was competitive. These different things like that. But overall, he's congratulating him and the team. He didn't have to go into the locker room. I've never seen a head coach before that was caught on camera or even just discussed in general about going into his opponent's locker room after losing four straight games, being completely decimated by Giannis, their main star, and saying, congratulations, you beat us fair and square. You guys deserve this. Bravo to you, right? I've never seen that before. And that was a great moment. And it, it tore Monty up because he, in a minute video that was sent out throughout Twitter, social media, right? Uh, Monty Williams was asked a question about uh, how do you feel about the NBA, like NBA Finals? Have you processed it enough yet? And he's like, it, it was going to take me a minute. This is my what I'm saying. It's going to take me a minute to process the NBA Finals, what exactly happened. And he was choking up. He was tearing up. He was heartbroken. And he even said how hard it was to get to this point. He knows how hard the struggle is to get to that position, to get to that point in the NBA where you were trying to win the championship, compete for that. It's tough. And he, he couldn't answer the question. He said, he said, There's, I'm not going to answer that. He's like, I can't answer that. And he, it, it hurts. It hurts for Chris Paul. It hurts for Evan Bugger. It hurts for him. It hurts for everyone. It hurts for the Phoenix Suns. Whether you're a fan or just became a fan or you never even cared for basketball, it hurts. I was not wanting that. I wanted a game seven. We all, all of us, all of us in the valley wanted a game seven. It was a stressful time, but the Bucks and the Suns, mainly the Suns, for what I noticed, put more energy. But in desperation, they were giving it their all. They were they were trying to rip their own hearts out just to save this game. They did not have any quit in them. It was all action, and that is truly amazing. It truly was. But at the end, the Bucks won. They're your 2021 NBA Finals champs. What a ride. What a determination by the Bucks. What will that the Suns had to keep it close to make it go down to the final second. Look. For what we can all say about both teams, they gave their all. Who was if you asked me last year at the beginning of this season if the uh, if the Suns were going to be in the NBA Finals to Game Six, I would have laughed and I would have just said that's the most stupidest thing ever that can never happen. Well, it did, and that's truly amazing. Now people have their reserved opinions about. Whether the Suns got lucky or not, based off of injuries. But here's the thing the Suns were also injured, and it took a toll on every single team. And the Suns faced a lot more injuries than the Bucks throughout the postseason. But still, so did the Bucks at times. They had injuries too, especially Giannis's knee. But then also, if you would ask me if the Bucks were going to be able to break their nearly 50 year drought of winning a championship, I would have laughed. I would have laughed. You guys robbed the room. So see, it's just two teams you were not expecting, especially with the past history of the Bucks. Can't can't even get past a few rounds in the NBA Finals and I mean in the NBA playoffs, right? I've said that. I've said if Mike Boonholzer did not get his team past the Nets, he would be fired. Giannis carried the Bucks. Giannis Milton Holiday, legit. And then you had the supporting cast. That's like a mini big free right there. It was a it, the media should have covered that big free more than the Nets big free, more than Brooklyn's big free.
because they actually meant something. They weren't all ball hogs. They had a relationship together. They said, look, this is what we have to do to win the championship. And that's what they did. Phoenix put themselves in a great situation. They've Both teams have guys to limit like where they have great opportunities ahead of them. And now they're going to go into the draft, go into the offseason with free agency and trades and see if you're going to make any improvements, any adjustments, re-signs, hires, etc., etc., and see what they're going to do. But it truly was amazing. It was also a great feeling to have something different than LeBron, something different than Kawhi, different than Curry, different than whoever else was a superstar. It was great seeing two teams that was not predicted to be in the NBA Finals let alone two teams that had these superstar talent-like players that never won a championship before, never had media coverage, right, to the full extent of all these guys, never had a history that built up to the playoffs that could be worth seeing, right? It's not like we're seeing, oh, it's LeBron, or it's like Curry going in their bowels again. It was truly incredible. It was a different matchup, and I like those matchups. I don't want to see all the big names. Sometimes the little names, the medium names, the working their way up to huge names are amazing, like where you have all this down one player and they overcome it, like Giannis did, or even Devin Booker and his team when they were close. But for each round, they all had their obstacles, all had their hurdles. And it was truly amazing from both teams. So even though the Phoenix Suns did not win, look, the Bucks played us better. They determined it better. They wanted it more. And they executed better. And they were like pure perfection in Game 5. They were... Beating us in game four. And they were making crazy comebacks. They put us in tough situations. We dug our own hole sometimes. But the Phoenix Stun still fought to try to not make it a blow. To try to keep it as close as possible. Both teams made it really entertaining. And now we're going to be starting the offseason tomorrow. It Or no, it's actually... Yeah, the offseason is going to start tomorrow pretty much because... I guess the offseason doesn't. The offseason starts today, but really tomorrow for me. So that'll be Thursday. I'll be able to collect more. I'll be able to collect more for Thursday podcast episode and breaking news and whatnot. Talking about the draft that's going to be happening a little over a week from now, eight days from now, right? But it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting times to see what the next um, NBA season has to offer us. We're going to be for, uh, about three months away from that, which is going to be exciting. Pretty much 89 days from tip-off. I believe it's like October 18th, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So it's going to be exciting. I I enjoyed the Phoenix Suns run. I enjoyed what the Bucks have been able to produce. I'm happy for Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, and all of the different guys on both teams. Uh, it was just an incredible ride for both teams. I can't wait to see what this offseason has in store. I'll see you guys again Thursday morning. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about free agency. We'll keep talking about breaking news. I'm going to come up with different topics to talk about because this truly is amazing. And that is that. that this has just been a whirlwind of emotions. I'm still crushed my Phoenix Suns did not win the NBA Finals. I was hoping for a Game 7, but we always have next year. But this was a huge step in the right direction for the Phoenix Suns. And I'm going to outline it on the next podcast episode on what the Phoenix Suns have to do in the offseason to keep their hopes alive of making the postseason again next season. And we're just going to talk about everything. Everything I could think of and talk about, I am going to do that. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find us everywhere on social media. I prefer going to Google and typing in Quartz of Heat. Quartz of Heat, one word. Quartz of Heat. And the Google machine just 
Go into CourtsyHeat.com to get all of your relevant articles. Go into SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts to get the best and to know the best. And just having a great time learning all this new information, seeing all of the hottest topics and more. It truly is amazing. We'll see you guys here again Thursday morning. And it's going to be an exciting one. I'll see you guys again Thursday morning. I'm going to have breaking news come back. But I still can't believe the Suns lost. I still can't believe the NBA season has concluded. And it was crazy. A roller coaster of emotions and events that happened. Scott Foster gone away these past few games. But we got past it within our first two games. And it truly was something going up to game six where every single game was stressful, was tense, exciting, nervousness, sadness, different emotions like that, angry. It truly was amazing. And leaving on that note, we did it, Suns. We did Suns Nation. We were able to make the NBA Finals something that we've not done since 1993 in 28 years. That is a truly great, beneficial moment for us and a step in the right direction. We may have not won a championship. We may have new hurdles, new opportunities ahead of us, but it's going to be exciting. I'll see you guys Thursday talking about the offseason, talking about free agency, talking about everything I can on Thursday, 8 a.m. Join us. You know where to find us. I'll see you guys on the next podcast episode. Remember to rally the valley. Because we are the Val, we are the Phoenix Suns. I'll see you guys Thursday morning.